The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, and I'm so happy to be here, and if you're on the West Coast, it's 11 a.m., and if you're on the East Coast, it's 2 o'clock p.m., and our guest today, we're talking about good food, good eating, healthy eating, really taking care of yourself and enjoying it all at the same time. My guest is Melissa Costello. She's founder of KarmaChow.com, and her book is The Karma Chow Ultimate Cookbook. It's 125-plus plant-based vegan recipes for a fit, happy, healthy you. Welcome, Alyssa. Welcome, Alyssa. Can you hear me? Yes, now I can. Oh, thank you for having me. Good, good. Tell us how you got started in this whole realm of vegetarian and more specifically vegan eating. Yes, well... You know, it really started um, <clears throat> probably when I was about 19 when I first gave up red meat, and it, and it was really um, more for health reasons than anything, and I had always been sick as a child, and mm. I found that the cleaner I ate, the, the healthier I felt and the better I felt, so it kind of was just experimental at first, and, um, you know, as I kept going forward with it and cutting out certain foods in my life, especially, you know, dairy and animal products, my body just responded really well, and I just felt so much better. Mm. So you figured it out as you went along. I figured it out as I went along because I was, you know, I was only 19 when I started, and um, I had always been interested in nutrition, but I didn't really know a lot about it, and I always loved to cook. So I just mm. kind of started getting in the kitchen more and more so I could learn how to make, you know, healthier versions of my favorite recipes. I mean, back then I was still eating chicken, and then I eventually gave that up as well, but uh, red meat was first to go, and then it was chicken, and then dairy. Um, so it was a progression. It was kind of a natural progression, and I just recognized that my body really, like I said earlier, was responding and feeling so much better, so that's why I kind of continued on that path. Yeah, and then how did you evolve into your company? Uh, well, I evolved into my company about five years ago, and, and it, it kind of took me a while to get here. But, um, you know, I had been kind of seeking and searching and, and figuring out what I wanted to do, and I studied nutrition, and I was always, I always had my head in nutrition books and diet books and always reading about, you know, different things. And my, my friends always loved my food and said, you know, you should be cooking or catering or, Something and I and I had worked in the restaurant industry for many years and I was very clear I didn't want to own a restaurant or work in a restaurant. I kind of was done with that phase of my life. Um, 
So, I mean, honestly, I, I started working with a business coach who was wonderful, and she kind of steered me in the direction of really coaching people and cooking for people, and so that's how I, I, I got started. And, you know, the, I have to say the book is really beautiful. What I really like most about it is the pictures are very inviting. You look at this food and you say, oh, I would love to eat this. Very colorful um, and not difficult to make, not complex and complicated. And for a lot of people, and myself included, I can't do complicated. It's, it's right. with my busy lifestyle, it's too much. Yeah. And so these are these are lovely. Well, thank you. Yeah, and that was kind of my vision with this cookbook was to bring healthy eating in a simple way to people because I myself, as much as I love to cook, I have, you know, I have a big, huge collection of cookbooks and half of them I don't even open because they're so complicated. Um, for, for me, who's a chef, you know, myself, I, it's just I want simple, easy, and tasty, and that was really why I brought this cookbook forward. Yeah, I'm looking at this, and in fact, I want to make this one. This is uh, quinoa and currant stuffed bell peppers. Oh, yeah. But, you know, as you say, if you don't have quinoa or you don't know what it is, you can use grain, you can use rice, you can use brown rice. Exactly. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's, and it's different because it's got, it's got black beans, but it also has um, some fruit in it, some currants. So that makes it very, you know, brings about both fruits and vegetables. Exactly. And it gives you a little bit more variety with flavor as well. Yeah, that that one's really really a great one. There's many in here. How did you, how did you find and pick your recipes? That's a big question. But how did you do? I mean, there were so many. How did yeah. you pick the ones for the book? That's a great question. I mean, I've been teaching um, cooking classes at Whole Foods now for over five years, and it really was about every time I put a recipe out, it was what what people really responded to. And, um, you know, I had, I've had a collection of recipes for a really, really long time. So I picked the ones that people responded to most and that, that were pretty much the simplest to make. Um, you know, and I also looked for kind of replacements for everyday comfort foods like cheeseburgers. And, you know, I have my karma burgers yes. in there and mac and cheese. Yeah. And I wanted to have, you know, healthy replacements for those things so people can see that you can still have this in a healthy way and it still tastes good. Yeah, here's one that really appeals to me and which I'd love to do is the creamy tahini t- kale. Oh, yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, that, that turns people into kale converts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think the problem with kale for a lot of people is it's very chewy, and if it's, if it's undercooked, it's a little tougher to chew. Right, right. Yeah, and, and so many of us know kale as that, you know, garnish on a, on a fruit platter or whatever. That's all we've ever seen kale as. And um, one way to also make it less tough is by just removing the stem, which is really helpful and, and takes some of the bitterness away, too. Um, so that, that's really helpful when you're cooking kale. Right. One of the things I had asked you before the show, because I've had an issue with this, and more and more people, Melissa, and maybe you can address this, more and more people are having issues with gluten and with wheat. Yeah. And more and more, you know, I, I, it's happened for me, and I thought I was alone, and it's rampant. I mean, yeah. there are so many people, and I, I know it's because of the way flour is processed today that wasn't 40 or 50 years ago. Right. But it's affecting a lot of us. We're, you know, we're having sinus issues, or people get stomach issues, yeah. or we break out in rashes, and... You know, so I don't know if you can address that, but I know you said that a lot of your recipes are gluten-free. And even if they're not, you will give that option. You'll say, well, you can use this flour instead of a different flour. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, 
Uh, definitely 90 to 95% of the recipes are gluten-free. And, and you mm. know, just like you said, gluten, you know, the wheat, wheat has been so hybridized that our bodies really don't recognize it anymore and have mm. such a hard time breaking it down. So it's not, you know, like many generations ago when <clears throat> wheat was around and, and we used it to make bread and things like that, our great, great, great grandparents, and it didn't bother them because it was, it was you know, it's been so hybridized now. So our bodies just can't can't handle it. And like you said, we get, you know, digestive problems, skin problems, you know, sinus, all types of things. So there, a lot of times people have allergies and sensitivities to gluten. They don't even know. They just kind of walk around feeling yucky all the time, and they don't, you know, know why until they cut it out of their life and, and realize how much better they feel. Yeah, it's really true. Yeah. It's really true. Yeah. Um. Now, in your in your cookbook, you have things like Thai lettuce wraps, um, soba noodles, banana chia pancakes. I mean, all uh, cauliflower smash, Brussels sprouts, but done in different ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really wanted to give a lot of variety in there, and um, you know, again, show you that it's not you know healthy eating is not just steamed vegetables because. You know, when I talk to a lot of people and, and I tell them, you know, I'm either vegetarian or vegan, they think, oh, what do you, they say, what do you eat, you know? know. Yeah. And I say, oh, my goodness, what don't I eat, you know? Well, for- I do I do have to say, though, I'm commenting on what you say because I don't cook a lot, that sometimes it can get very boring if I'm not eating creatively because, you know, you start yeah. limiting and so you steam your broccoli and you have a baked potato and, you know, and then you have, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm getting bored here. Exactly. So I think it. I think it does take some creativity. I mean, even if you don't cook yourself, you know, getting somebody to help you so that you right. enjoy it. Absolutely, I love that you said that because it, it really is about being creative and finding, you know, finding ways to make those foods taste good. And there's so so many recipes on, you know, online, and there's cook so many great cookbooks out there, and there's really kind of no excuse not to, you know, try different things. Other than you know, a lot of people have constraints with time so but it's you know if you want to eat healthy you want to make it taste good so it's worth you know doing a little bit of research (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah um now share with us what you feel is healthy eating you know in terms of not just portions but when you should eat certain things because if you're talking vegan you know we're not talking meat we're not talking dairy so it's it's different so how do you look at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? How do you look at that, Melissa? Well, you know, I look at it, I mean, for me, food is fuel. And, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I mean, I know that's that we've all heard that, but it really is true because it actually sets up our blood sugar for the entire day. It sets up our metabolism. I mean, I eat pretty much every three to four hours. I eat small amounts of food at a time. I don't eat, you know, I don't sit down and eat huge meals. Um I've learned to, over the years, really listen to my body so that, you know, my body tells me really what it wants. And that happens over time when you start to eat cleaner and cleaner. And I think that, you know, looking, how do I look at meals is is probably, you know, it might be a little bit different than the average American who, you know, sits down and has meat and potatoes. I just really look at it as like, how much variety can I get? Making sure that I always get greens in every day, making sure I get some kind of fiber, you know, I, and I don't count calories, and I, I really, you know, my portions are usually I eat out of a small bowl, unless it's a salad, then it's a huge bowl, 
But I eat out of a small bowl, and then if I'm still hungry, I'll refill it. But I always start with smaller portions versus larger portions. Mm. Right. And then, and you eat more often. And I eat more often. I mean, I think our bodies really need to eat every three to four hours, and that doesn't mean a meal. That means, you know, maybe like a snack, like an apple and some almond butter or, you know, a, a small snack in the afternoon and mid-morning and then a little bit of a larger, you know, not a huge, I don't eat a huge lunch, but I have a little bit of a, you know, a little bit bigger than a mm-hmm. snack. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I tend to eat very simply because that's just what works for my body. Um, and, you know, sometimes I can just, for breakfast, sometimes I'll have brown rice, broccoli, and some hummus, you know, and, and I know that you, sounds weird no, to a what, lot of people, but I like that. So what do you do if you go out to, a you know, a regular restaurant? Well, I'm saying, you know, if you went to a five-star restaurant, what would you, how would you eat? Well, the first thing I do is I peruse the side dishes on the menu because a lot of times right. on the sides, there's always good vegetables like grilled asparagus or baked sweet potato or things like that. And I'll usually make a uh, a meal out of side dishes. I'll order three or four side dishes and make a meal and have a salad. Um, so that's usually, I mean, I don't really dine at five-star restaurants um, because my body, you know, a lot of five-star restaurants use a lot of butter and fat and things like that. And my body doesn't do well with that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I've learned to live a different lifestyle than most people. And I really enjoy it. It's something that works for me. I feel yeah. good. Um, you know, I have energy. It's just, you know, it's one of those things that I've chose to do. I don't, you know, I don't yeah, indulge in works. a lot of things. Right. Tell us about one thing you write a lot about in your cookbook is quinoa. Explain yes. what quinoa is. A lot of people don't know what it is. Quinoa is actually a seed. Most people think it's a grain, but it's actually a seed, and we eat it mm. like a grain, like rice. Right. Um, it's, you know, it's it comes from Peru, from South America, and it's a it's got a lot of minerals and it's a perfect protein on its own. So usually you have to mix beans and rice to get a perfect protein, but quinoa by itself is a perfect protein and it's kind of becoming more mainstream now and replacing rice for you know for a lot of families and things like that. It's really easy to cook, easy to make and you know it's got a nice nutty flavor so it tastes good too. Mm. Yeah, and and some other things I'm looking at in here. Um, you do a lot with dips. I do. I love dips. Hummus, yeah. Hummus, yeah. green earth dip. Talk about those. White bean dip, black bean dip. Yeah, I love dips because they're really easy to make, and you can get a lot of fiber and protein out of them because most of them are made with beans. Um, you know, so like last night I had a snack. I had some raw flax crackers. With, I made some. I literally went in the kitchen and I was like, okay, I just got back from traveling, so I didn't have much in the refrigerator. I looked in the cabinet and saw a can of white beans. I thought, oh, I'm going to throw together a little dip. So I just had squeeze some lemon, throw a piece of garlic, some sea salt, and some white beans in my food processor, and it was, you know, it was delicious. And that was kind of, I had like a, a, a snack dinner where I had some mm. raw crackers, I had some, you know, some greens on the side and mm-hmm. some of that, the white dip. And, you know, dips are so versatile. You can make, you can make wraps with them. You can put them on sandwiches. Yes. I mean, you could just use them for anything. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Talk, uh, here's another one that a lot of people don't know about, and that's tempeh. Tell yeah. us about tempeh. And you use that quite a bit in your book. I do. I, I tend to stay away from tofu. Um, because Why? For me, tofu just, it's highly overly processed, and for a lot of my clients, they also have sensitivity to it. Um, It can disrupt our hormonal system. It can affect our digestive system. So I tend Mm. to really shy away from it and use tempeh more 
because tempeh is actually the actual soybean, which is fermented with grains. And through that fermenting process, uh, it, it actually infuses a tempeh with, you know, live active enzymes that help your digestion and does not affect your hormonal system. So I use that quite a bit as more of a meat substitute because I stay away from the seitan, which is complete gluten, and then the tofu, which is mm. meat, a little overly processed. Right. So, so the difference between the tempeh and the tofu is that the to- tempeh is not as processed as the tofu is. Right, and it's fermented, which the tofu is not. Mm. Okay. How do you help people? Now, uh, let's take a, an average person who's eating a, a wide variety of things, including dairy and eggs and meat and fish. Okay. How do you start moving them in this direction? Because this is a very different direction, and you can't do it all at once. How do you right. suggest people start to move in this direction, Melissa? Very slowly. Um, I always say baby steps, you know, and, and usually what I have them do is I, I have them, you know, add one and take one away. So add one good food in either one once a week or every other week and then take one food out. So it's really a slower process. So your body gets used to it or just mm. starting to really cut back on things. So if you're eating meat, mm. you know, six days a week, start to eat meat four days a week or yeah. three days a week. So cutting mm. back slowly and then adding more vegetables in and things like that and giving do them you, recipes that taste good. Do you find that people who come to you to do just that, to move away from the meat or the dairy or the eggs, is yeah. that because, A, they're overweight, B, they don't feel good, or C, they're sick? Are those usually the reasons they come, or they just want to be healthier? Um, I would say all of those. I mean, some mm-hmm. a lot of people come to me who are overweight, um, but most people do it because they want to be healthier and they want to feel good. And, okay. um, yeah, and they're recognizing that their eating habits are not working for them anymore. They're feeling tired. What, what are you hearing? Sluggish? Yeah, tired, sluggish, just no energy, um, yeah. heavy, like they... They might not be overweight, but they feel heavy, like a mm-hmm. sense of heaviness in their mm-hmm. body. Um, you know, they're addicted to things like sugar and caffeine. Uh, those are the two, two biggest culprits yeah. that people come yeah. to me to, to cut back on those. Um, and those are big energy sappers. You know? Yeah, I want, I want to talk about sugar for a minute. I was, it was, this was either on CNN or 60 Minutes, and it was a couple of months ago. But it was um, someone from, I think it might have been the NIH, who actually, they've done a, now a clinical study. I mean, we've known for 30 years, look at the book Sugar Blues, that sugar is not right. good for us. Right. But what they actually now proclaim through science is that sugar is a drug and yes. that the way we put warnings on alcohol and tobacco, we should add sugar to that list, which is yes. really something because everything, and, and, you know, and I've had friends say to me, you know, I just love sugar. So how do you help people enjoy sweet without necessarily having sugar. Right. Well, fruit is one way. And then another way is I I, uh, introduce them to lower glycemic sweeteners like maple syrup or or raw honey or uh, brown rice syrup. I'm sorry? Agave? Um, Agave, some a little bit, but it is a fructose, so it it tends to be a little bit higher on the glycemic. Okay. um, Because it is a processed fructose. So so mostly it's it's maple syrup, raw honey, brown rice syrup. Now coconut coconut palm sugar is another really good one. That's I never heard of that one. Yeah, it's it's better for baking. It's more like a brown sugar. It comes in a granulated form. Um mm. and that's it's lower on the glycemic as well. So there all there are alternatives. You don't have to cut sugar completely out of your life, but 
it is really good to notice how much you eat it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want someone who has a sugar addiction just switching over to all the other, to the natural right. sugars and eating tons of them too. You know, it really yeah. is about balancing it and, and looking at the addiction to it because it is mm-hmm. like a drug. It is. Yeah. What, what about when we talk about gluten, people who have gluten allergies or gluten sensitivities, would you say yeast is included in that? Um, I would not. Yeast is different, and some people have allergies to yeast as well, but yeast is a little bit different than gluten. And, um, you know, there's so many different strains of yeast, <coughs> excuse me, that, um, you know, certain people are have different allergies to, like, brewer's yeast, and then some people have allergies to nutritional yeast. So it just depends. Yeast is a little bit yeah. different. Yeah. So, and, and, and you can find that, you can just find that, because I have found sometimes um, I will have a gluten sensitivity, but I'll eat something that doesn't have any of that in it, but then I read the label and it had yeast, and I'll feel tired. So right. yeast, yeast can also be a culprit. Exactly, because it, it is, you know, it is an allergen, so it can be, so, so people can be very mm-hmm. sensitive mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Before we go, tell us a little bit about glycemic. Explain that to, to the listeners and, and what they should be looking for in terms of the glycemic index. Well, the glycemic index can be found online, and it's really self-explanatory, but you want to eat foods that are on low on the glycemic index, which, which are usually foods that are high in fibers, um, you know, vegetables, things like that, stuff that are... Higher on the glycemic index are things like pastries, obviously, and, and cert- like white potatoes, things like that. Right. So, you know, you, you want to stay on the lower part of that glycemic index to keep your blood sugar level balanced, which will actually help your metabolism work the way it's supposed to work. Um, okay. So it really is good to kind of follow it in some sense. All right. But also, you know, speaking of blood sugar, you know, when you talk about fruits, you know, if you have too much orange juice, which is, you know, very sweet, that can affect you too, right? You have to watch... You have to watch the natural sugars as well. Absolutely, and I always say instead of orange juice, eat the orange because you're getting the fiber, you're getting the pulp. When you're having orange juice, you're basically having concentrated sugar. So I'd I'd rather see someone eat the orange versus drink the orange juice. Right. Okay. How can people find your book and find you, Melissa? Uh, my website is karmachow.com, K-A-R-M-A-C-H-O-W. And everything's on there. You could get my book on there. I run 30-day cleanses. I teach. Mm. I do a lot of nutritional coaching, and I also teach cooking classes across the country at most Whole Foods markets. So my schedule is on there, and I have a monthly newsletter as well. Great. And so when you do nutritional coaching, is that in person or is that by phone as well? It's both. I, you know, if it's, if it's local to me, I'll do it in person, and if not, I'll do it over the phone. All right. Just want to let folks know, my guest has been Melissa Costello. She's a certified nutritionist and founder of Karma Chow and the creator of the Vital Life Cleanse. She's a personal chef to fitness guru Tony Horton and creator of the popular workout system P9OX. And this Vital Life Cleanse, is this something that you've designed? Yes, it's something I designed. It's a 30-day food-based cleanse. All right, and people can find out about that by going onto your website. Onto my website, absolutely. And anybody can do it. It doesn't have to be supervised. Anybody can do it, and I coach you through the whole process and provide you with all the tools you need. And so you do that by phone, or they just do that online? We do it both, and I I usually run the cleanses every couple months. So I'm just finishing up in January. I'll start one in March. And they're all done. I do three live conference calls with myself, and then everything is done via support through a private group online. 
Mm-hmm. And is that mostly juices and vegetables? Actually, it's all food-based, so it's not a lot of juicing. It is a lot of food, though, but it's all vegan, and there's no mm-hmm. sugar, no coffee, no uh, mm. gluten, things like that. All right. Well, that's great. Well, well so if people can go to Karma Chow, right, K-A-R-M-A-C-H-O-W.com. Exactly. And again, Melissa Costello is a certified nutritionist and founder of Karma Chow. So if you want to clean your system, folks, so really log on to KarmaChow.com. Melissa, thanks for being a guest on the program. It's really been delightful and informative. Thanks for having me, Patricia. Yeah, thank you. Stay on the line for a minute. Okay. All right, folks. Remember, uh, tune in each week to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on Voice America on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific. Remember to stay healthy, happy, get the support you need, and make sure and know that you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin for Patricia Raskin Positive Living. You can write to me, Patricia, at PatriciaRaskin.com. Bye for now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 